So the other day, I was having a conversation with a friend who asked me about my show prep plans. I explained to her that I plan to compete in six months in the NPC IFBB Federation. And she goes on to ask me, well, why? Why would I want to compete somewhere where it's not an equal playing field? Is bodybuilding about selfies, steroids, magazines, and muscles? How do I become a successful pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor? Where do I even start if I'm new? And the biggest question of all, what are the judges looking for anyway? Even today with the internet, many people first discover bodybuilding by word of mouth. The lack of regulation has caused a boom of unqualified coaches, scattered info, biased advice, dangerous protocols, and posing trends that are a hot mess. After 20 years in the business, I have seen it all. Week after week, I'm gonna talk about taboo topics that get swept under the rug, provide you tips and strategies to gain a competitive edge and stand out on stage in any division or federation. I'm gonna answer all the burning industry questions without the bias. I have competed across six federations, earned pro status in three, and judged in two. I've coached posing and choreography for men and women in all federations and divisions. I know just how much competing means to you. I'm your host, Michelle Welcome, and you are listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast. Be sure to download your free guide, Five Things Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Show at eeinbb.com. That's www.eeinbb.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Else in Bodybuilding. I'm very excited about this episode because today I'm going to give my experiences, reflections, and overall opinions of some of the popular drug-tested and non-drug-tested federations. So juicy, huh? I'm going to explain what makes them different from my own firsthand experiences, both good and bad. I mean, no one wants to hear anything bad about their federation, so this might not go over well with some people, but I come from a place of educating. I'm that person that tells you that you had mother of the bride hair on stage and that it needs to go before your next show because it's most likely why you stood on the side of the stage like a potted plant. This show is called Everything Else in Bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, not competing in NPC, everything else about competing in OCB, everything about competing in WBFF, and nor is it called everything else about competing in bikini fitness or physique or classic physique. It's called everything else in bodybuilding. This means I'm talking about every division and every federation. I mean, most podcasts are about one topic or one division in the sport, and some are targeted to a specific federation. So just because, in my opinion, you compete in one federation over another doesn't mean you worked any less hard to get to your show. Nor does it mean that if you didn't take drugs to have an advanced level physique like someone the same age as you in a non-drug-tested federation means you worked any less hard for the show. A lot of experiences and strategy is relevant no matter where you compete. I know this because I have experience competing very successfully in six federations. So here I am. I'm about 22 weeks out from my next show. Yep, I've picked a show, which means I've narrowed down all of my options and I have a goal. It doesn't matter which federation, you guys, because regardless, the particular division I'm going to compete in requires me to get lean, which is pretty much what we all do, right? Get lean. Of course, the level of acceptable leanness depends on the federation you're competing in. 
And what I've noticed is that this line is getting blurred in the more muscular divisions of the non-drug tested federations. The athletes in all of the divisions are getting bigger and bigger, especially on the pro stage where these athletes, look, they don't stop training when they go pro, right? Just because they get a pro card doesn't mean that they're going to stop improving. So they keep training and building, which means they're getting bigger. In fact, the stakes are so much higher even on the amateur level of non-drug-tested federations that, for example, I was just at NPC Nationals, and the overall winner in the women's physique division of that show also won her pro card in figure. She was the clear-cut winner in the physique division, which calls for more rounded delts, more overall size, and, and more conditioning, too. And I remember when she walked out for her individual introduction, even before the group comparison round, she comes out by herself to be introduced. And I turned to my husband and I said, lights out. <laughs> Look, she was an absolute standout in the physique division. But to take that same person and for her to win the figure division shows that the gap between these divisions has closed significantly. You can argue, okay, that the scores are based on what's on stage. But let me tell you, the amount of quality physiques on that stage was incredible. Choosing someone with excellent symmetry, stage presence, and an appropriate level of muscle for the figure category would not have been difficult. And yes, on the amateur stage, she outsized everyone, and on the pro stage, she might not. My point is, she won both divisions. You would not see a bikini competitor win figure, would you? No. Nowhere near as much muscle. The difference between the figure and the physique category yeah, you had someone win both categories. And for the men, wow, the level of size in the bodybuilding division was out of this world. The overall winner of the men's bodybuilding was the super heavyweight class winner. He had quads that had muscle growing muscle, like crazy. Look them up. And then there are other guys we're seeing who they're putting on so much muscle in a short period, like, like only two years or so, and they're barely recognizable from their two-year-old pictures. You do not see this level of size and conditioning in the natural, and I say natural, I mean drug-tested federations, especially for the women. Size and conditioning are definitely clear differences between drug-tested and non-drug-tested federations, but there's more than one non-drug-tested federation and more than one drug-tested federation. There are different nuances between them that I'm going to talk about today. I'm also going to talk about why today I'm getting ready for a show in a particular federation where in some people's opinions, okay, the odds are stacked against me that I will even do well. So the other day I was having a conversation with a friend who asked me about my show prep plans. I explained to her that I plan to compete in six months in the NPC IFBB Federation. And she goes on to ask me, well, Why? Why would I want to compete somewhere where it's not an equal playing field? Hmm. Now, what she meant by this for those who aren't picking this up is that I am a drug-free athlete, okay? 20 years I've been doing this and I've always been drug-free and I am going to compete in a non-drug-tested federation, which means I will be on stage with competitors who have a competitive advantage over me with their physique, with the substances they take to get them leaner, harder, and more muscular for the show. So... I was stuck for a minute because I never had someone put it to me like that. Like, why even bother when it's not fair play? To me, it was never about being unfair because I know going into the show that there are people using PEDs. Okay, I know that. 
But to me, it's unfair if I'm going into a show that is drug tested and you have an a-hole liar who wants to win a plastic trophy so much that they show up with an enhanced physique, knowingly, and lie through their teeth at the polygraph test, which is totally totally passable for people. I've, I've heard of people passing the polygraph and failing their urine test. And then the whole time they're, they're, you know, they're on PEDs. But what baffles me is that sometimes these people are caught too when there is a urine test that comes back with PEDs in their system. Like what the hell people? Now to me, that's unfair. Unfair is going into something with certain expectations and finding out it's all a line of bull. Like, that very first fitness modeling competition I told you about in the first episode. If you haven't heard about it, you can definitely go back to that one and listen to it. So let me explain something. Just because someone does PEDs to advance their physique doesn't mean they're going to beat me or beat you. Just because you are on PEDs doesn't mean you're unbeatable. The question becomes whether I am competing in a division where my unenhanced physique could be competitive, no matter if I am next to someone on PEDs or not. And where I am with, you know, today with 20 years of lifting weights under my belt, plus years of athleticism behind me too, I, I do think it's worth the try to see if I could be competitive. So that's the real question you should ask before considering non-drug tested shows. If you are someone unenhanced, ask yourself, is your physique competitive in the division you are going after? But there's a lot more to consider when it comes to choosing a drug-tested versus a non-drug-tested federation that actually has nothing to do with PED use. I think a lot of people focus on the drugs and not what else the federation has to offer. So let me give you a rundown on what it's like to compete in a few of the drug-tested and non-drug-tested federations. So let's start with non-drug-tested and let's talk about the NPC IFBB. Here we go. Okay, well, we already spoke about the level of muscle and conditioning being superior to other federations, but let's talk about the experience of competing in this federation. First off, the shows are generally well-run, right? There's an adequate help at these shows. There's adequate help at these shows. So despite the volume of competitors, the show doesn't take forever and a half. The judging's pretty quick, too. Another noteworthy thing about this federation is their media presence. They dominate social media with their coverage of the athletes and the shows. Plus, there's a lot of spectators at these shows, lots of them taking pictures and videos, super excited, and they're posting about it. So there's often a lot of traction and excitement on the social media posts on show day. So if you win a big show, you will receive a huge amount of exposure from even just one post. The biggest show of the year, which is like the Super Bowl of bodybuilding, is the Olympia contest where the best of the best compete for the ultimate title. The appeal of this contest is so big that you will often see celebrities in the audience at the show. No other federation has this broad of a reach as the NPC and IFBB. On to another non-drug-tested federation, the WBFF. Some people have incorrectly said that this federation is drug-tested, and I can tell you from experience competing in this federation as a pro that it is not drug-tested. So don't go into the show thinking everyone is drug-free. People might think it's drug tested because the overall look of the competitors differs greatly than other federations. The look does, with the exception of the figure division, but this might be because the athletes in the figure division get very little media coverage. Like you wouldn't even know they were at the show when you if you look online. So people don't really know much about it. And, and go ahead and try to look the figure category up. In the early days of the federation, you would see a lot more coverage, but this was back when Emily Sterling was winning, but not today. Today, the bikini and the fitness model categories dominate this federation. 
the goal of this federation is to not be like other bodybuilding shows. They don't want to be called a bodybuilding show. They actually removed the word bodybuilding completely from their name and replaced it with the word beauty. So in this federation, you will not see the winner of the bikini division win the fitness model division, and you will not see a fitness model win the figure title. Same with the men. You won't see a guy win the male model category and also win the male muscle model category. There's a difference between the level of muscle. They have clear lines between the categories to protect the integrity of the look. The key with this federation is they are looking for a model look, no matter which category. Same as with all federations, the level of muscle differs between the categories, like I said, but they also have one more main difference. They care about your appearance, your beauty, that is, for both men and women. It is, in fact, a beauty contest as much as it is a fitness contest. So your facial aesthetics matter. Another big difference with them is their media coverage. The WBFF wants to own all coverage of their shows, with the exception of maybe some someone going on uh, live on some of the social media accounts. With the exception of that, coverage of even the biggest show of the year is sometimes hard to find. Just this past World Championships, which is their Super Bowl of competitions, it took me days and some Instagram stalking to find out who won the show in the different categories. The biggest show. They do not allow spectators to film or take photos at all. All the coverage is with their media group. They do promote their athletes on their social media pages, but they do not provide the level of coverage of the shows on social media that other federations do. So you will never see any audience shots of the show while it's going on or ever. The only way to see the show, the lineups of the competitors next to each other, if you want to see how they how the winner compared to the others, is to buy the pay-per-view. And of course, your stage shots, if you're a competitor. That's the other way to see your comparisons. Now, everything about the show is grand. The WBFF, okay, their lights, the stage, the pre-show, everything, they spend a lot on production, and you will never compete at a college or a high school auditorium in this federation. In addition... You are not allowed to use any outside hair, tan, or makeup person. You are required to purchase packages from their approved vendors. Their goal with this is to ensure the quality of the tan, the makeup, the hair, and all of the athletes for all of their footage. Oh, and one more thing. You guys, do not. Do not show up to a competitor meeting in your flip-flops and pajamas with your first coat of, state, with your first coat of, state of spray tan on. Just don't. This is a modeling federation. You need to show up in your best clothes with hair and makeup on point. And this is for both the men and the women. This is definitely a federation where you need to be put together both on and off the stage. The WBFF is really, it's just a unique entity. Now, moving on to two drug-tested federations, let me start with the OCB. The OCB drug tests with an initial polygraph test for all the competitors prior to show day. In addition, they urine test the winners and will often do surprise urine tests of their athletes in the offseason. I've even heard of people being stopped at the airport. So you could be sitting in the audience as a spectator at a show or at the airport and get tapped on the shoulder to do a quick urine test so that they can make sure that you are drug free. OCB doesn't believe everyone is, is drug free. They take it a step further. Just this past year, Okay, they banned all of their pro competitors from competing in any bodybuilding show that does not drug test like bam out. So even if you are a lifetime drug free athlete like me, if you want to try a federation, try something new that doesn't drug test, you literally can't if you want to compete as a pro in the OCB. So keep that in mind. 
And probably the most notable thing about this federation is the choreography seen in some of the stage walks. I've been to shows where instead of a bikini competitor doing a stage walk for her introduction to the audience, she starts doing bodybuilding flexing. And I've even seen mini strip teases with props used on stage. This federation is much more adventurous with their stage walks for sure. One more thing about the OCB is their social media presence. They do a really great job promoting their shows and their athletes. They they often do free live stream as well. The amount of people competing in this federation isn't as large as, say, the NPC, but they do a good job with their competition coverage. The last federation I'll talk about is the WNBF Federation, which is also a drug-tested federation. Don't be confused. WNBF is not WBFF. So the WNBF they provide the least amount of social media coverage and no live streams. But the Federation has been around so long and it's head up by, she's a powerhouse, four-time bodybuilding world champion Nancy Andrews on the East Coast. And then there's also two bodybuilding pros on the West Coast that, man, the word of mouth of this Federation, it just keeps it going. What stands out about a WNBF show is the quality of athletes that show up in all divisions. The men's bodybuilding division is alive and well in this federation, and the quality of drug-free men's bodybuilders is top-notch. In fact, did you know that Kai Green, an IFBB pro and Olympian, he started in the WNBF? He won the world championships before moving on to the NPC and the IFBB. Unfortunately, you won't get the social media coverage that you will get in the other federations. And depending on which promoter is heading up the show, these shows can run forever and a half. As you know, I judge and I had judged multiple federations. And I had, sorry, I judged the Super Bowl of the WNBF, the World Championships in Los Angeles. And we were still judging at 3 a.m. We didn't leave the venue until after 3.30 when all restaurants were closed. There was a lot of athletes. <laughs> As for the drug testing itself, the WNBF also requires a polygraph test before a show. They will also drug test the winners as well. Um, but as of right now, they don't have a rule that if you compete somewhere that is not drug tested, that you cannot compete here. Also noteworthy is that some of the high-level pro competitors in this federation, they're so high quality that they can easily compete as a drug-free athlete in non-drug tested federations and completely hold their own. Which brings me back to the question that I was asked the other day about why I would compete as a drug-free athlete in a federation that is not drug-tested when it's not a fair playing field. The truth is, regardless of drugs, you just need time to build muscle. I've had conversations with people who want to know what they can do to improve for their next show, and I tell them they need to take at least a year off, at least. The look on their face, you guys, when I tell them that three months of building isn't an off-season, is priceless. But muscle doesn't grow that fast, especially if you have been in a caloric deficit for a while. You need to bring your body back out of the show into a healthy level to build. Doing show after show will kill your progress. Some people just don't want to wait. I was talking with a bikini competitor aspiring to get her IFBB bikini pro card. She tells me that she was not drug-free. She was very forthcoming and was taking an anabolic to help her grow in her off-season. She also shared with me that during her last contest prep, she took a drug that affected her estrogen so she could get leaner. I asked her why, and she said because she wanted to take her physique to that next level to win her pro card. I asked her if she had a before and after of her physique so I could see, and she goes on to show me what she looked like before the anabolic and after. I was genuinely curious. What were your gains? I said to her that the results weren't that dramatic, and I said that, man, you could easily pass for an athlete that's drug-free. 
In fact, you guys, I carry a lot more muscle than her, so I'm telling you that her results were doable naturally. As for getting lean with a drug to affect her estrogen, she could have been able to accomplish the level of conditioning required for the bikini division no problem without the drug. Look, I wasn't a jerk or anything. I was, I'm just telling you what I see. I was genuinely curious about the before and after and the use of the PEDs and why, and she was really, really cool about it. So what this goes to show you is that not everyone using anabolics or PEDs achieves a look that cannot be achieved without PEDs. When you start getting up into the super muscular divisions with striated glutes, maybe not, or the men, you know, the open category where there's muscle growing muscle everywhere, but definitely not the categories that require less muscle. The figure division and the classic physique divisions are borderline, meaning you really need to have, you really need to... Uh, a, a solid base of muscle before thinking about getting an IFBB Pro card if you want to do it without PEDs. Again, where are you with your physique? Do you have the level of muscle to be competitive in a non-drug tested federation? If so, don't let the idea of others using PEDs squash your competition goals. Put the time in and give it a try. If you love competing and stand behind drug-free federations for life, awesome, do you. There are some really great choices and I shared two of them. My goal of this show was to share with you the various choices there are out there and some of the differences among them. I think having competed in all four of these federations, along with two more that I didn't mention, has given me a perspective on the sport I would never have had. And plus, I've judged for multiple federations. I love sharing all of this with you. In fact, I'll be continuing to share so much more about the sport, while at the same time, I will be sharing my experience dialing in for another show this year. Despite having pro cards in three federations, I once again have to start over on the local amateur stage to earn my way up the ranks to get a new pro card. I am a drug-free athlete competing in a non-drug-tested federation again, and since my last show, the level of muscularity and conditioning in this federation has become greater than ever. But it's me against me, right? My goal is to hold my own on stage and look like I belong there, and of course not get blown off the stage. <sighs> For my previous shows, I had tank tops made with different anthems on them. This time around, I've done the same thing. And for this show season, I have a new anthem called My Own Motivation. I just ordered shirts and sweatshirts for myself and my husband, and we're going to wear them during this journey to the competition stage. And if you want, you can grab some too if you go to shop.killitwithdrive.com and you can check them out. And we've got some other stuff there too. And they do make great gifts. Guys, thank you so much for being a listener. I've got some really cool interviews coming up that I think you guys are going to go crazy over. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share to tell these podcast platforms this show needs to reach more people. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next one. What are the things you need to know before competing in a bodybuilding competition? The Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast is dedicated to taking out the guesswork in the industry and exposing all these strategies. Learn five things I think you should know before your next show by downloading your free ebook called Five Tips Every Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Competition at www.eeinbb.com. It's all the no-nonsense information you need, whether you are male or female, bodybuilder, physique, figure, bikini, or wellness competitor. It's free, so just go download my five tips every competitor needs to know before your next show at eeandbb.com.